Hello there, it's Chappie the British Butler. How are you today? It's a lovely Friday, it's St George's Day. Happy St George's Day, and it's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 80. Well, not quite two fat ladies, uh, maybe one fat lady and one lady without a neck. Uh, or maybe a few double chins, who knows. Um, talking of double chins, here is your dear host, and um, I'm uh, regaled with bells on my fingers and bells on my toes. Uh, and handkerchiefs are plenty. Uh, I went, went on a dog walk this morning, uh, skipping along uh, with, uh, with with spring on my mind and spring in the air, and St. George's Day as well. Now, St. George's Day is an interesting uh, little uh, holiday. Uh, it is not actually a holiday, and I do think that we should stop calling holidays holidays if you don't get the day off. I think that is something that I want to, want to institute into the laws of the land if you don't get the day off it truly is not a holiday so let's 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 put this into law let's get a couple of tablets let's carve it into stone and say come on if you're not getting the day off how can you call it a holiday so anyway i was very jingly very belly um i i mean i i was possibly like the town crier or the local church ringing the bells you know with bells on my toes and bells on my fingers i mean i couldn't really do them on the knees because i guess you could put symbols on your knees um but uh but then i mean if you walk a little bit like john wayne you would never clash the symbols or the bells together if they're on your knees but it's just a little bit bow-legged i don't think i'm bow-legged i don't think i walk sort of 10 to 2 i have to look at myself sometimes i know I walk with a head down and very fast so i'm told i'm almost like roadrunner fast um, but here we are again in our little happy place that we like to call Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Um, now, some of the things that we uh, we may or may not be talking about today, uh, my mother did indeed get her hair cut today. Um, but she's, she's decided to do a few things um, with uh, cut off hair. And we'll talk about that later on uh, on the podcast. Uh, we are celebrating St. George's Day. So we're looking at traditions, odd traditions, eccentric traditions. We're really uh, immersing ourselves. We're, we're, we're almost in like a, in a, um, you know, a hot mud bath of St. George's Day. We're just sinking in and enjoying all the nutrients that St. George's Day has to offer. Uh, but as I said, most people just go and have a pint. Some people do some Morris dancing. Some people make some special foods. So, I mean, we're going to be talking about that. I mean, it's something like, I mean, like St. George's Day. What's St. George's Day? Some of my American friends, uh, you know, what is it? I mean, it's it is quite uh, an eccentric uh, type of delight and lots of very odd sort of activities going along. I mean, I think the English do lose their heads towards the end of April into May. I mean, men dress up in the most campest of outfits when they Morris dance. Uh, and we'll be talking about that later as well. Um, also, uh, terry cloth rompers. Should I be wearing them? Should any man be wearing them? I mean, I'm, I know that some men wear them, but should I be wearing them? Um, also, uh, traveling in Winnebago's when you're in close proximity to your partner. How, how do people do it? How do people do it without going crazy? Um, so that that's going to be appearing either today or tomorrow on the podcast. You know, I give a broad brush stroke of topics that may be contained within uh, today or tomorrow's podcast or even d- indeed future podcasts. Because we're, 
literally packed to the rafters. You know, we do need to do a keep calm and cauliflower cheese spring clean, I believe, uh, just so we can uh, fit more in. Um, also, uh, um, have you ever got stuck in an Uber with a driver who keeps talking and won't stop talking? And it's almost, you, you th- feel like you're in a therapy session. Well, there we go. I, it often happens to me. I mean, I, I just must have one of those faces where people think that they can discuss all and sundry with me. Um, so there we go. Um, also, Mick Jagger, he couldn't get no memoir satisfaction. Um, he wasn't very happy about his, uh, his memoirs, his autobiography. Uh, depressed find magic in psychedelic mushrooms. Um, brewers furious at Nanny State plan to uh, put calorie count on beer in pubs. Uh, climate changes pushes wildlife into higher Himalayan habits. So these are some of the things. Uh, brown bear in Pasadena, no match for tiny terriers, Mimi and Squirt. Um, 100k up in smoke after cigar dispute. And also the big news in the UK this week. No, it wasn't the uh, big six Premier League clubs trying to uh, create the Super League. It was over Colin and Cuthbert the Caterpillar. These are cakes, people. I mean, the, the, the English care so much about the cakes. We really do care about the cakes. All of the British do. I mean, the Scots, Scots and the Irish do love a, do love a cake as well. Uh, we all care about our cakes uh, to, a, uh, to a pretty, uh, pretty odd degree. And uh, we'll be looking at that as well. Embryo made from uh, monkey and human cells. I mean, that's just a day in the life of uh, Chappie Towers, really, where we, uh, where we, uh, you know, try to uh, evolve from our uh, primate cousins here. Uh, like sex, it sells. How pink has become the hottest color in 2021. We have some trompe trombone. We have some enigmatic English eccentric habits. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of that today. As I said, George, St. George's Day is a cornucopia of eccentric habits. And on the playlist today... I mean, we've got lots of Georges, lots of Georges on the playlist. Not every song on our Spotify uh, Butler Musical Emporium playlist will have uh, a George singing it. But there'll be a lot of Georges um, So, in celebration of St. George's Day. So again, you have the choice of listening to um, either the audio version or there is a Musical Emporium Butler edition on spotify uh where you can uh, you can hear my musical choices here so it's it's all it's all very exciting um and you can sort of uh you can sort of indulge and relax and sort of get real gone there'll be lots of background sort of folk music today um you know just one where you get your arms flailing and your knees going and your handkerchiefs up in the air spinning around um you know lots of upper body uh swaying and um you know long very long socks uh very tight trousers um maybe a slightly misfitting hat as well these are all essentials for st george's day and uh so we have our top five interesting facts about the dragon slaying patron saint st george's day is observed as a national day in england every 23rd of april to commemorate the death anniversary of the dragon slaying saint saint george was a roman soldier who lived during the time when rome was ruled uh, by the diocletians 
who was anti-Christian. St. George, who was a Christian, refused to make sacrifices to Roman gods. It is believed that St. George was tortured over several years and suffered a martyr's death in the 3rd century AD. St. George's cross, a red cross at white with a white background, <clears throat> is used as an England's national flag. It's also uh, used in the Union flag <clears throat> with the national flag of the United Kingdom of Britain and Northern Ireland. According to the legend, St. George fought against a dragon and saved a princess. It is uh, it believed that the town of Selene had a dragon guarding it only well and the uh, creature demanded human sacrifice. On the day St. George visited uh, the town, a princess was selected to be offered to the dragon, but St. George slew the monster and saved the princess. To thank St. George for his heroic act, the locals decided to embrace Christianity. In England, St. George's Day was widely observed like Christmas until the end of the 18th century. However, after England unified with Scotland in 1707, the celebrations began to fade. In recent years, St. George's Day has regained its popularity amongst the creation of numerous campaigns and petitions that make it a public holiday in England. It is still celebrated in England with parades and feasts. In celebration of today's occasion, um, here are the, some of the facts uh, that, uh, that we have about St. George's Day. I mean, what is his connection to England? Legend is it that during the first crusade to Jerusalem in 1098, St. George appeared as a vision to lead the Christian knights during a siege. About 100 years later, Richard III fashioned his army's uniform on the cross of King George, or St. George. St. George's emblem is a well-known symbol that marks the day of celebrations as a red cross and a white background. Um, and he was declared a saint in AD 494 by Pope Gelasius, and then, much later in 1350, became the patron saint of England. Um, St. George was chosen as the country's patron saint by Edward III, uh, who was reigning monarch in England at the time, choosing St. George as he admired by many for his bravery in the face of terrible suffering. King Edward also created the Order of the Garter, which to this day is the highest order of chivalry. The badge representing the order shows St. George on horseback slaying the dragon. But as I said... It was a symbol for the Crusaders. Okay, so we have uh, a little Morris dancing sort of virtual lesson later. Um, so all of you behind your computers, uh, listening on your AirPods, iPads, iPhones, you know, any device that you listen to. If you're listening to, uh, you know, on an old hearing trumpet or an old... Uh, old sort of record player with a huge uh, brass earpiece i mean you can still do the morris dance you can still sway you can still lift one leg up after the other you can still flail around your handkerchiefs uh for the uh, for the little virtual morris dancing lesson later that we're having on keep calm and cauliflower cheese but morris dancing is a form of english folk dance usually accompanied by music it is based on rhythmic stepping and the execution of choreographed figures by a group of dancers, usually wearing bell pads on their shins. As I was earlier this morning, implements such as sticks, swords and handkerchiefs may be also wielded by the dancers. In a small number of dancers for one or two people, steps are near and across a pair of clay tobacco pipes, one across the other on the floor. I mean, it's desperately difficult to get a, a clay tobacco pipe anymore, people. Uh, they clap their sticks, swords and handkerchiefs together to match with the dance. So that's what we have later on. So I, I honestly think that um, could Morris dance have become a new TikTok dance? I mean, one of the bigger problems, though, when it comes to uh, Morris dancing 
is you can't find camp enough outfits in America. They just don't have them. I mean, every second shop in the UK, you can get a misshapen hat, you can get long white socks, you can get those overly tight trousers that, uh, that uh, yeah, maybe the village people wore at some point in time. That, I mean, if you have a, if you have a hefty calf, you can't squeeze your leg into. I mean, that's the whole thing. But a lot of these middle-aged chaps, and some chapesses who Morris dance, um, they, uh, yeah, they do have the hefty calves. And it's almost like, you know, as I said before, it's like squeezing uh, too much meat into sausage skin. That's basically it uh, when it comes to, uh, to the whole uh, uh, charade that is Morris dancing. Uh, so first of all, you can't find camp enough outfits in America. You know, there's a place up in Boulder, Colorado, where maybe I could find something that was uh, that, that could fit the uh, the order of the day. So Morris dancing on St. George's Day, I might be able to find uh, something that uh, would fit. But, you know, where do you find trousers where you can attach bells to the knees and bells to the toes? I mean, it's incredibly difficult to find. I mean, it's terribly difficult to find a handkerchief as well, let alone a packet of handkerchiefs in America. Because people don't use them anymore. Everybody's all about the Kleenex. Oh, we don't like handkerchiefs anymore. Why don't you like the handkerchief? A handkerchief is a wonderful thing. I mean, you can mop sweat, snot. Uh, you can tie it around your head to keep the sun off, knotted handkerchief. I mean, obviously you want a clean handkerchief at that point in time when you start knotting it and putting it on your head. But I mean, for the Morris dancing, you do need the handkerchief sort of, you know, gently wafting in the air. You need a gentle waft Sometimes a more vigorous waft, I suppose, of the handkerchiefs when you're dancing. And, you know, we're talking about TikTok. Maybe Morris dancing could be on TikTok. But I think I may launch a channel for slightly less gentle, you know, more gentle, less rigorous dancers. And I'm going to call it Tuck Tuck. Because I, I want to reintroduce, ladies and mantelpieces, I want to reintroduce the shirt being tucked into the trousers. I, I, I want to stop this fashion of the shirt being untucked. Stop this ailment of the untucking. I know there's a whole company out there that does it. But tuck your, tuck your shirt in, man. Tight belt. Stop it popping out. You don't want the shirt coming untucked. Tuck it in. So on my our new channel will be every dance will have a shirt tucked in to the trouser. And it's going to be called, and, the, and the channel is going to be called Tuck Tuck. I mean, you can't go flailing around with hand, handkerchiefs um, you know, with a shirt untucked after ingesting a spotted dick. I mean, it, all sorts of issues and troubles could occur. So St. George's Day isn't just in England, it's all over the world. Uh, some people in England celebrate St. George's Day, but also around the other world they mark the event. As well as being the patron saint of England, St. George's Day is also held in Canada, Croatia, Portugal, Cyprus, Greece, Georgia, Serbia, Bulgaria, Romania, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and the Republic of Macedonia. In England, very few traditions remain regarding St. George's Day. I mean, people wear a red rose in their buttonhole. I mean, I, I think I want a hoodie. I may go down the hoodie, ro a hoodie road with a red rose on the hoodie. I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. So in Valencia in Spain, St. George is the patron saint in several cities in Spain, including Valencia and Caceres. In the latter, the parade is held with actors playing Moorish Christian soldiers. They also reenact the story of how George slayed a dragon. In uh, Valencia, a Thanksgiving celebration is held with a huge parade with people dressed in medieval costumes, also forming the armies of Christians and Moors. Actors depict the siege where the city of Cloy became Christian. 
While not celebrated on the 23rd of April, Bulgaria is possibly the most notable celebrator of St. George's Day. On the 6th of May, people prepare to eat a whole lamb in order uh, to honour George, and who is also patron saint of shepherds. People also believe George helps crops to grow in some parts of the country, uh, people around uh, in the morning dew naked. So they roll around in the morning dew naked. And if you have a grass irritation, maybe slightly irresponsible and a little bit itchy. I mean, when you're celebrating St. George, you don't want to be carrying around ointment to rub everywhere. So you don't, uh, you know, you don't sort of bulge in places you shouldn't be bulging because you're allergic. You don't want welts during St. George's Day celebration. And I don't know if the nasal spray would help you. You know, if you're rolling around in dewy grass naked, it's somewhat problematical. And it's not very attractive as well if, if you start getting, you know, red on one side of your body or a, a red sort of welty buttock. It's not, 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 not typical for a celebration here. Uh, in Serbia, uh, also known as Dovadan, St. George's Day in Serbia is the most common Slava and Orthodox church tradition at the glorification of the family's patron saint. People mark the day by taking morning picnics, playing music and dancing. Now that sounds rather lovely. In Catalonia, Spain, La Diada, San Jorda, or St. George's Day in Catalonia, is also known as the Day of the Rose. It's a holiday similar to Valentine's Day in which couples and admirers exchange gifts. Traditionally, men and women uh, give roses and uh, women give men books. More recently, exchange of books has become more common. I mean, so you've got a second St. Valentine's Day on St. George's Day. So you have one in February and then one, I guess, in April. Seems very expensive and uh it causes fights and you also have to think about another present you have to go down to the local garage and pick up another discounted you know selection of roses to give to your loved one on st george's day yeah that's that's probably not going to work uh in any in any sense of the word but maybe a book a book would be a rather nice gift but, you know, some of the St. George's Day celebrations do have uh, religious connotations. And as I said, we have a George special. And uh, what better, if you're listening on the Spotify musical edition, than uh, George Harrison, sweet lord. So my lovely mother had her haircut today. And boy, was she ready to have a haircut. I mean, she was getting very frustrated and uh, was trying all sorts of ties, Alice bands. I mean, she had, probably hasn't worn an Alice band in maybe 60, 70 years. Or 60 years, sorry, mummy. <sighs> not 70, she's not 70 yet. I need to, need to sort of severely sort of backtrack here. And, uh, yeah, so, so I don't know. Anyway, so she had a haircut today. And um, I haven't talked to her about the whole situation yet. But I believe via text message... It's a lot lighter. But something she's doing, I mean, you know, she, living in the lovely town of Norfolk, um, you know, there's a lot of artisan arts and crafts there. And she's actually started um, making, during these lockdowns, pillows out of uh, lockdown mullet hair. It has to be from a greasy mullet. So you've get, you're getting bikers, you're getting, uh, you know, former musicians, trimming their mullet and sending, um, you know, vacuum-packed and ice-packed uh, mullet hair to my mother, and she's making pillows out of it. You know, people, it's perfect. The mullet pillow for Christmas is, 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 is probably the gift of 2021. 
is a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's slightly waterproof as well because the mullet hair is also, um, you know, it keeps the water out. So if it seeps through the top level of the pillow, the actual pillow piece, it, you know, it's going to be, it's waterproof under there because of the greasy mullet hair. So if you know any bikers in your lives, if you know any former like hair band members with those greasy mullets, you know, any former members of Kiss or Poison or any of those sort of bands, then, uh, then you know, I think uh, I think she's selling them, uh, selling them uh, on eBay. Uh, these mullet pillows, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's stuffed with a mulletude of goodness, and, and and they're lucky if you if you if you rub them in the right way, the mulletude pillow will bring you luck. So uh, anybody with mullets that have trimmed them and wants to send them to their mother, you know, you have to vacuum pack them up and send them over to Senior Chappie Towers in Norfolk. It'll reach them, don't worry. And, uh, and uh, you know, she'll be getting uh, lots of mullets through the post that she can make into these lovely pillows, uh, lovely gift ideas for Christmas or birthdays. And uh, as I said, completely waterproof. So if you want to take them on the yacht or the boat this year, it'll be, uh, it'll be absolutely perfect for you. Um, no slipping and sliding because it's waterproof. It'll be a, a fantastic opportunity. Uh, for a gift for any loved one. I mean, I think the perfect price for one of these mullet pillows would be uh, probably a, an even uh, haircut 100. Okay, so we have some perfect St. George's Day ideas for you to make this the most English of all celebrations. Number one, obviously, obviously, serve a full English breakfast. Bacon, eggs, sausages, black pudding, baked beans, tomatoes, mushrooms, toast, fried bread, marmalade and tea. An absolute essential. And then the Houses of Parliament, the HP sauce, is the uh, little slight, you know, vinegary, piquancy type of sauce that goes with it. Or And then you could go, I mean, this is like a calorific <laughs> day here. You could go with the roast beef and Yorkshire pudding for lunch. So roast beef, Yorkshire's, twice roasted potatoes, roasted parsnips, carrots, peas and gravy. I mean, you had to dispense with the peas. I, I think... Americans have a distaste for the peas. I mean, I think they're going to use it in maybe future weapons. They're going to fire out of cannons frozen peas, but they don't like it. They don't eat it, so they're going to use peas out of cannons. And I mean, it could cause terrible sort of sh pea shrapnel wounds, as I imagine. You know, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to have your last day on earth being basically. Uh, pulverized by a mushy pea um also uh some of the desserts apple crumble treacle tart bakewell tart and bread and butter pudding and we have the epitome of the english dessert which i'm going to be talking about in a minute and then you could have a tikka masala dinner party the famous english chicken tikka masala was indian actually has been voted one of england's favorite dishes and it was invented on English shores. I don't believe that. Afternoon tea party. If you want to be generally patriotic, there's no better way than an afternoon tea party. Get out your grandmother's china and start the kettle. Then you need tea, tiered cake stand, fancy tablecloth, homemade scones, clotted cream and strawberry jam. And then you could do the pie tasting. Another English delicacy, the humble pie in an actual pie, not an idiom. Why not host a pie tasting session? Shepherd's pie, steak and ale pie, mushroom and chicken pie, Maybe a mince pie, although it's a Christmas tradition. 
or a steak and stilton pie now i think i might go for the steak and stilton today or watch an episode of the great british bake-off no more soggy bottoms people gin tasting bombay sapphire gin hendrix staplers of british drinkery so st george's day is a perfect opportunity to dig out some delicious cocktail recipes invite guests over to taste the delicious bramble or stick to classic gin and tonics make it more exciting by blindfolding the guests now it's getting a little bit kinky watch where you squeeze the line do a pub quiz you know an old-fashioned english pub quiz EastEnders, History of England, Only Fools and Horses, English pop music, Cockney rhyming slang, Up the Apples in Piers, my lovely. And then Geography of England, and then some English sport. I mean, as when I play Trivial Pursuit, I mean, I have terrible trouble with Trivial Pursuit in America, but I don't know American pop culture, so I have to separate in half the cards. British live music show. Uh, maybe not at the moment, but you could get your loot out. And then the Morris dancing class. We're going to be talking about Morris dancing, a little virtual lesson very, very soon. Or a Punch and Judy show. I mean, what's a Punch and Judy show? Well, it's basically, it's basically puppets that... Uh, I don't think you have your hand up the puppet's bottom in this case. I think they're on a stick. And one's got a very long nose and a long chin. Now, it's not me, before my daughter answered that question, with a jester's hat on. And then, uh, and then you've got Judy sort of dressed like a milkmaiden. And you're like, oh, so I'm to know it. Oh, well, there we go. What are you doing, Punch? Oh, there, there's a crocodile taking the sausages. Oh, there, there's, there's crocodiles taking the sausages. And it's butchering old Punch's nose. Oh. Yeah, anyway. That's not a Paul Daniels impression, but it, it, that's sort of the Punch and Judy show. And then jousting. Love a little bit of jousting. I've got an idea for maybe, maybe a modern style of jousting. Uh, that we could uh, we could also talk about, and then the town crier contest. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he he he! I mean, that's a town crier that gives out notice and news across all and sundry. But there we go. So we are going to be talking about uh, making the best possible spotted dick. It needs a lot of care, attention. Not so fast, love. So you want some currenty, spongy goodness. Nothing better than the spotted dick. Right, be careful in the Google searches out there, people. Um, so here we go. The ingredients. And maybe I'll try to post a, an alternative American recipe with cups and the like. But you've got 250 grams of self-raising flour, pinch of salt, shredded suet. You can use butter instead of that. 100 grams of currants raisins, uh, golden sultanas, 80 grams of calf sugar, finely grated zest of one lemon, finely grated zest of one small orange. This is on the BBC website, Good Food, by the way. 150 milliliters of whole milk, plus two to three teaspoons, and then a lovely creamy custard to serve. Put the flour and salt in a bowl, add the suet, currants, sugar, lemon, and orange zest. Pour in the milk and mix to a firm but moist dough adding the extra milk if necessary. Shape into a fat roll, beg your pardon, about 20 centimeters long. Place on a large rectangle of baking parchment. Wrap loosely to, to allow the pudding to rise and tie the ends with string like a Christmas cracker. I mean, that's the, the thing that you pull and it goes bang. Hopefully, if you pull the spotted dick, it won't go bang. But that could be all sorts of mess. And then number five, remove from the steamer and allow to cool slightly before unwrapping. Serve sliced with the creamiest, most decadent of custards. And it'll be absolutely delicious. 
So if you want to celebrate St. George's Day in a very sweet way, then the spotted dick is the way to go. Okay, so I'm going to teach you today, orally, to do and perform Morris dancing. So it's based, as I said earlier, on the rhythmic stepping and execution of choreographed figures by a group of dancers wearing bell pads on their shins, implements such as sticks, swords, and handkerchiefs. So you need a stick, sword, handkerchief, bells on your knees, and a clay tobacco pipe. I hope you've all got that, because I mean, I have that in my uh, top drawer here, ready to go, ready for such an occasion here. And, um, and then we have you know, different types of uh, uh, the Morris dancing here, so our styles. We have the Cotswold Morrises, dance from area ma- uh, mostly in Gloucestershire and Oxfordshire, on uh, established uh, as a misnomer uh, and then it normally dance with handkerchiefs or sticks to accompany the hand movements dancers are usually six to eight dancers but solo and duo dancers known as double jigs also occur the northwest morrison more military in style and often processional the border morris from the english welsh border simpler looser more vigorous style i think i'm more looser and vigorous to be honest and the long sword dance uh, the south durham dance with long rigid metal wooden swords so you need a long rigid sword you know can't no flaccidity when it comes to the swords for in yorkshire uh, and then the rapper sword uh, dance with uh, short flexible sprung steel swords usually for five dancers and then the molly dance from cambridgeshire traditionally danced on plough monday was a feast of dancers to dance to collect money during harsh winters one of the dancers would be dressed as a woman hence the name molly dance uh you know i could done that before i dressed as an ugly sister identified two separate families uh of molly dancers one from three villages in cambridgeshire and two in ely that's probably the closest to where i was brought up the molly dancing so lots of uh, ugly men dressed as women basically there so the actual dance itself okay so get up out of your chair peeps and we're gonna do some morris dancing here okay so number one in the cross-ups Stand on right leg. So stand on your right leg. I'm going to do this now. I'm standing on my right leg with the left foot off the ground and to the side. Arms held out. Have your hanky dangling. Make sure your hanky's dangling. And then bring the left knee up to the waist and turn 90 degrees clockwise on the right leg. Arms still held to the side. Maintain the position while spinning through another 90 degrees. As you turn through a further 90 degrees, gradually lower your leg and prepare your foot for the dismount. And then bring your legs together, not that tight, and that now you're really flailing hankies in the air. Hankies in both hands, people. Your arms should now rise above the horizontal whilst waving the hankies. And there we go. It's the, the, the whole ensemble, the congregation, the, uh, the, the moment the moment, the, the, the sort of exciting moment of release is when one wave the hankies in the air whilst looking fairly constipated. So I hope you've all recovered from the vigorous Morris dancing, uh, soon to appear on our new channel, which is called Tuck Tuck, where all the shirts are tucked in and you dance a sort of slow, less vigorous dance. But talking about uh, dancers that don't give you any satisfaction, uh, Mick Jagger said he couldn't get any memoir satisfaction. Uh, so Mick Jagger may have brought enjoyment to millions and ecstasy to hundreds, but it has been the heart of some of the 20th century's most stirring social changes. 
but reliving it in an inordinately dull and an upsetting way. The Rolling Stone frontman has revealed the real reason he never finished his autobiography, he did not enjoy writing it. There weren't that many highs out of it, he said. Uh, Jagger has also been reported a one million publishing advance by Lord Wiedenfeld in the early 1980s to write his memoirs. He later returned the money. Uh, Wiedenfeld died in 2016 and following the year, the publisher John Blake revealed he possessed the uncompleted 75,000 word manuscript containing stories such as Jagger's decision to buy the Hampshire mansion Stegros in the 1970s while high on LSD, but also uh, being uh, prevented by Rolling Stones from uh, publishing it. Jagger was also reported to have told Blake that he had no memory of writing the draft. In the interview, Jagger said he had been seduced by Widenville's advance, but when he started getting into it, he really didn't enjoy writing his autobiography and uh, preferred going by mansions whilst he was getting higher. So I know that it's probably greedy, you're probably going to get indigestion through so much eccentricity for St. George's Day, but we have another enigmatic English eccentric habit. And today it's the understatement. Brits have made understatements an art form. Desperate situations other nationals would call life-threatening crisis are softened into just a bit of a pickle as his limbs are lopped off. The Black Knight in the Monty Python and Holy Grail dismisses each blur as only a scratch. And no matter how bad their life really is, a true bit would respond to well-being queries with mustn't grumble. So here we go again with another session of Trumple Trombone, looking at some of the most silly and not often heinous headline crimes of the week. And uh, I'm trying to equate it to a Trump or maybe a raspy trombone. So Loch Ness Monster Hunters insist huge skeleton found on Scott's beach must be a relative. A Scots woman has made a huge washed-up skeleton and found a washed-up skeleton on a remote beach of uh, South Oist and her sister took to Twitter for answers. Sharing the photo, which was taken by her sister, including a dog, Bonnie, the Edinburgh-based Polly Burns, wrote, My sister has just moved to South Oist and found this skeleton. Anybody able to help with IDing it? Golden Retriever provided for scale. Theories quickly emerged what animal could have been left behind the mysterious bones, which had been receiving over 17,000 likes and uh, 1,100 comments. They ranged from the fantastic with being a cousin of Nessie or even a dinosaur, all the remains of even a sperm whale. Dem bones, dem bones, dem dinosaur bones. And fluffy white narco cat caught red poured smuggling drugs into a notorious jail. An adorable fluffy white cat was caught red poured smuggling drugs into a notorious jail, guards have said. Cats were allegedly used to smuggle drugs into the infamous Central American prison in Panama. Authorities at Nueva Esperanza uh, prison have said they caught a feline felon. Uh, trying to enter the site while carrying a variety of suspected drugs. The substances, uh, believed to be crack cocaine and cannabis, were also recovered from a pouch tied to the fluffy white cat's body outside the prison in Cologne, uh, north of the capital Panama City. The animal had a cloth tied around its neck, filled with uh, wrap packets of white powder, leaves and vegetable matter, according to Andreas Gutierrez of the Panama Penitentiary System. That devious therapy cat is bringing the prisoners their pure white feline therapy. The cat has a narcotic nose for a good smuggling session. 
and the pub landlord fears ghosts are haunting his snack van after hearing spooky voices inside. Steve Pelling said his staff at the Mortap in Stockport, Greater Manchester, are too scared to get into the van after a series of strange goings-on, including hearing ghostly sounds and cutlery moving by itself. Uh, pub Pilling, uh, pub landlord Pilling, has a belly full of the supernatural after peckish spooks started haunting his snack van. Staff say they've heard voices murmuring from inside the wagon while it's locked up at night. Uh, cut- cutlery has crashed into the floor when nobody's around, and the worried workers claim to be seeing the coffee machine start up even when it's switched off. I've never counted on anything like this. I just wanted everything to run smoothly when we reopened. One member of staff came after the first day and said she had heard voices whispering from inside. When she opened up, there was nobody there. These are not alcoholic apparitions. They're British punters who couldn't wait to get back into the pub after three months. They brought their own straws for the kegs, the rustling were pork scratching packets. That's the uh, colloquial for chicharronas. As well as being St. George's Day, William Shakespeare uh, was born and died on this day. Believe it or not, he was actually born and he died on this day. So we're going to have, now we're going to have some pop pickles, we're going to have 20 facts you didn't know about William Shakespeare. Okay, so some people think Shakespeare was a fraud, How did a provincial commoner who'd never gone to college or ventured outside Stratford become one of the world's most prolific, worldly and eloquent writers in history? Uh, Shakespeare introduced almost 3,000 words to the English. Uh, We probably don't smell, uh, don't smell, don't spell Shakespeare's name correctly. And they did smell in those days as well. No deodorant. Number four, Shakespeare penned a curse for his grave, daring anyone to move his body. Good friend, for Jesus' sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here and curse that he may move my bones. Number five, Shakespeare's skull probably stolen by grave robbers, study finds. Uh, suicide occurs an unlucky 13 times in Shakespeare plays. The comedy of errors is Shakespeare's shortest play. The longest word in Shakespeare is is honor, thicker, billa, tanda, tatapas. Nobody knows Shakespeare's true birthday but it's suspected to be April the 23rd. Uh, Shakespeare's parents were probably illiterate and his children almost certainly were. The uh, cause of Shakespeare's death was a mystery. Uh, Shakespeare is also an actor. Shakespeare is rich during his lifetime. Uh, Shakespeare married an older woman who was three months pregnant at the time. Nobody knows what Shakespeare did between 1585 and 1592. And Shakespeare had seven seven siblings shakespeare's one of literature's greatest figures but he never attended university and shakespeare was lucky that he lived through the black death and uh, didn't die of it shakespeare lived a double life and then finally it's likely that shakespeare wore a gold hoop earring in his left lagole. Though we didn't have a a birthday celebration for the Queen on the 21st of April. So I think it's right and true that we should have a little celebration right now of God Save the Queen. And I'm standing dressed in full Morris dancer gear right now. Bells are ringing. 
Be upstanding, people. Well, nobody knows the second verse, as I've said before, on the uh, on the podcast. But happy birthday to your majesty. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Um, but she's, as always, steadfast and uh, a wonderful leader of the country since 1952. For those listening on the Spotify Butler Musical Emporium edition, we go from Queen Elizabeth to the Queen of Sol. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. Uh, it's very much been a St. George's Day edition. A little bit of Shakespeare thrown in for England and St. George. Uh, as Henry V once said. Or Shakespeare's words in Henry V after the Battle of Agincourt. So there we go. Um, another podcast is completed. Again, audio versions uh, across Apple Music. Uh, we have uh, also on Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Breaker, Many different platforms, you can hear the audio version. And then there's a little musical extravaganza on Spotify uh, just to, uh, you know, punctuate the nonsense that's in the podcast. So, you know, if you don't like the podcast, I think you've got some really good music to listen to in between uh, my mutterings and mufflings and utterings. Uh, So there we go. This has been Keep Calm Cauliflower Cheese, episode 80. A poem for St. George's Day, Susan Jarvis Bryant, for England and St. George. In praise, let's raise our flagons to the conqueror of dragons, to the saint who fought for all he thought was fair. Let's fly our flags and bellow for that bold, courageous fellow with a stomping monster tail beyond compare. Set forth in times of togas in a England crowned with ogres, asking for a stonking glance from George's lance. He snuffed out fire breathers and mealy-mouthed deceivers, instilling faith and giving truth a chance. He tamed all flaming lies, taking scoundrels by surprise when he lunged and plunged his blade through scaly skin. And now the House of Commons begs a George to conquer dragons, politicians spouting flagfuls of spin. In praise, let's raise a glass to St. George, who kicked the arse of the roaring morons billowing hot air. Restore old England's beauty with your quaint and saintly duty, and brave bombast praying dragon-slaying flair, cause the citizens are tearing out their hair. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Uh, I have a little love for Yacht Rock, as everybody knows, I think, who listens to the podcast. So, you know, it's sort of... uh, Moonlight feels right, I guess, at this time of the day. Uh, but until next time, I mean, you only have to wait 24 hours and then you'll get another edition of the podcast as well. So much to look forward to and so little time. Cheerio.